Angeles. Hello to Major League Soccer fans. Hello to fans of the black and gold. Hello to the millions. And millions. Of Defenders of the Bank listeners. And hello and welcome to all you newbie passerbys that are happening to come in on our new YouTube channel. We are Defenders of the Bank, and this is episode 232. For those who don't know, and if you don't know, you will know now, my name is Christian Philly Philem, and the self-proclaimed, uh, I don't know, tealish-haired, colored flamingo, and, and I'm coming to you from world-famous Philem Monster Studios, and across over the stream yards, the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert, I'll let you him give you his nickname. The scarf. I think that's my favorite of the nicknames that you have given me, the mouth of the South Bay. Uh, everybody does call me the scarf, and I think that's the nickname that sticks. But born and raised in the South Bay, Torrance, and now Lawndale, California. Uh, I can't complain about being the mouth of the South Bay. That is for sure. One place I did not grow up anywhere near is Pasadena. And we're going to be talking about LAFC taking on Carson to start the season at the Rose Bowl in front of what we think, Philly, will be about 80,000-plus fans and about 50-degree weather. Possibly. The high as of right now predicts it to be 49 degrees, with the low being 40, so not that much of a disparity in terms of temperature on the day. And we were looking at approximately 90% chance of rain. But yes, my friend, we're looking to set those records. And just in case you were wondering, currently the record stands as such. The largest attended game in Major League Soccer history was down, down, I should say, across the country over in Charlotte. 74,479 was in attendance. And coincidentally, that happened to come against the galaxy. So for those that think MLS doesn't try to make some kind of concessions for their golden child, this is clearly... (laughs) A representation that, in fact, they do because the Galaxy will be in another record. The only problem with them is they can't seem to hold on to their end with all the issues stemming from their front office. But we'll talk about that later. Going to the Rose Bowl, baby. Wow. Yeah, look, it's it's one of the most hallowed grounds of sports in Los Angeles and even Southern California. Obviously, an incredible history there at the Rose Bowl. Uh, it's also one lane in and one lane out to try and get there. The parking lots only open a couple hours before match time. It is going to be a hot mess, but we do want to remind everybody more than anything else. Please remember to black out the Rose Bowl. We have put it out on our social media. LAFC has put it out over and over again. The voices of the black and gold, the 3252, they have been putting it out on all of their different social media channels for all the different supporters groups as well. If you are going, and I think it's kind of interesting for those of you that are watching this on YouTube, it is crazy how much the light that I am sitting in washes out my jersey versus the the nicer. Dude, like you have a much nicer lighting setup. I got to figure this out on my end. Mine does not look as attractive as yours does right now, but neither of us will be wearing these come Pasadena time Saturday. So what is it? 730 kickoff time. It is the MLS possible game of the year, but definitely game of the week. And hey, I'll say it since it's towards the end of February. It's the game of the month in Major League Soccer. That's right. Uh, LAFC taking on Carson in the former home of Carson Galaxy, the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and just looking to comment about the jersey, you um, 
You, it looks like it blends in with the walls and the curtains. It, it's interesting, whereas my mine hair. legit looks great in the hair. Yes, I didn't want to say it. At least you pointed that out. But yeah, this is obviously the difference in, in terms of lighting. And for those that are very eager to wear the smokescreen jersey, keep in mind that the Galaxy got a new jersey as well. And that, too, is green. So do you want to stand out or do you want to blend right in? Because if you wear that jersey then you don't belong in the LAFC side for first and foremost. But yeah, let's black this mother out. On March the 4th, you're going to get your opportunity to wear it at Bank, shoot, at BMO Stadium. I didn't say it that time. And we're going to be playing the Pesky Pine Trees of Portland. So that'd be a perfect time to green out the Pesky Pine Trees. But like the Scarf said, like LAFC said, like the 3252 have said, like the other millions. And millions. I've said, it's hashtag blackout LA. That doesn't mean you wear green. It doesn't mean you wear white. It certainly doesn't mean that you wear the parlay jerseys. Let's all dress in black. That's right. Uh, uh, we'll take a page from Nashville's new uh, away kit, right? The Johnny Cash, the man in black kit. Uh, but also taking a page from what we've done from the very start of our club's history. We wear black. And look, whether Carson wants to where they're white with the Herbalife sash or their new green uh, flag of Los Angeles jerseys. That's perfectly fine. Either way, it doesn't matter what you're going to wear in the match because what matters for us is that we are going to be wearing black. So again, and I think, by the way, when we play Portland, they might be in those new lumberjack kind of green plaid looking jerseys too. So we might, you know, we just keep the black, uh, black jersey train, black kit train rolling on. Want to remind everybody real quick that the Mo Fascio Futsal Court fundraising effort in Southeast LA continues uh, to be underway. LAFC, the 3252, and the Mo Fascio Futsal Court Foundation are partnering to build this court in Southeast LA in Mo's honor. And the link to donate, if it's not in our bio and it changes every now and then, it's lafc.com backslash Mo hyphen Fascio, F-A-S-C-I-O. So head on over to LAFC.com backslash Mo hyphen Fascio, F-A-S-C-I-O, to donate to the fundraising effort. This is not a typical episode. Philly and I discussed this before we sat down to record. There will be no This Day in LAFC history. We will have that on the pod where we recap the victory over Carson. There will be no news and notes. We will talk about Chicho debuting for Pachuca at the next episode when we win against Carson and recap that. We will, however, be previewing this match against Carson because let's be honest, Philly, a lot has changed in just a couple of months, both on the black and gold side and on the Herbalife side of things in Major League Soccer, Philly. A lot has changed, but yet a lot has not changed. And what hasn't changed is the fact that there are people out there. There's Vegas out there. There's the MLS experts out there that are certainly predicting that LAFC is going to be the better of the two teams. But what we're going to do is we're going to break down their team. We're obviously going to talk briefly about our team. We're going to talk about their key departures and acquisitions. Same with us. We'll talk about what we expect in terms of starters. We may or may not make any score predictions. But yes, this is not a traditional episode of Defenders of the Bank. And fear not, there still will be a 10 to 15 minute 
Instagram live session of one more sleep the day before. At the time of this recording, we are just less than 72 hours out from kickoff at Pasadena. So we thought, yeah, let's create some more content. Let's share some more information for you because not only do we love to entertain you, we love to inform and educate you as well. And it's important. If there's anything that you learn in terms of any kind of confrontations and competitions is know thy enemy. And that's exactly what we're going to do in this little pod of ours. Yeah, that's exactly right. Look, everybody, first and foremost, when we're talking about the rivalry matchup in Major League Soccer, with all due respect to Seattle and Portland, with all due respect to the Hudson River Derby, with all due respect to Atlanta and Orlando, which likes to think that they have a a pretty heated rivalry as well, this is it. This is the creme de la creme in all of Major League Soccer, and I'll say maybe one of the top five rivalries in North American soccer already as well with LAFC and Carson fast becoming uh, budding rivals and now hated rivals to each other, especially when they've been in the league for 28 years now. This is the 28th season for MLS. And yet the last two times they've made the playoffs, we have escorted them right on out. So no love lost between both sides. Philly, LAFC obviously coming off an incredible season where we win the double the Supporters' Shield, and MLS Cup. We have talked over and over again about that. We will talk over and over again about that later on uh, in our season. But with that, as we know, Philly, comes the difficulty of trying to keep the band together after you win the title. We know that sometimes players get poached by clubs who are looking for players with that championship experience. We have players leaving that are now expecting a bigger payday because that chip often increases their value. And 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 the worst part of it all is that LAFC is also forced to deal with, like the other 28 teams, the god-awful roster restrictions and MLS salary restrictions that are from the days of yore that should not be used anymore, let alone this new, new playoff format, which we'll have to talk about that on the next episode too. But uh, a lot has changed in the black and gold, Philly, leading into this match. A lot has changed, and just to kind of piggyback off that, earlier on in the day, LAFC did have a press conference, and Steve Chirundolo was there, and he did make a, uh, you know, a very loose, a polite appeal to Major League Soccer, requesting that, hey, you know what, maybe you should consider lifting some of these salary cap restrictions, just so MLS could get to the next level, and that's a darn good idea. I know the MLS Players Association was asking for four designated player spots when they were going in to figure out that collective bargaining agreement. That obviously was not recognized, but for us to move on, to be more competitive, to even be out there, to have any kind of foot in the game in terms of being top five best leagues, you, you got to re- you got to relieve those restrictions and those salaries. Otherwise, players aren't going to come here. In addition, you're not going to see dynasties because, yes, when a team wins a chip, players are going to look to be poached. Chicho Arango deserved to get paid. He absolutely did. He was making about, what, 700000 per year. That's a guy who's without a doubt worth a couple million bucks. And as such, he is rewarded for his efforts playing in Pachuca now. We'll talk more about that later. But as far as the team is concerned, we've had some departures, Chicho obviously being one of them. I would say the most important departure of all. But let's well, let's go over some of the other ones, Scarf. Yeah, look, we uh, – I mean, look, I'll say the – I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or a hot take or whatever it might have been, but – I think we kind of dodged a bullet with both Gareth Bale and Christian Teo departing the roster because there were, and correct me if I'm wrong, if if you guys have any information out there that listen to us, any of the millions. And millions. 
Uh, if you have any extra information about this, I would love to hear it. I was under the impression, and I'm perfectly fine being wrong. This is the scarf. I've been wrong several times in my life. I'm prepared to do it again. Uh, Christian Teo and Gareth Bale, I believe both may have had clauses in their contract that elevated them to designated player status had they re-upped with LAFC this next year. And that would be a major problem because we already have Carlos Vela and Denny Bawanga, who are two of the three designated players you are allowed. So we were going to have to figure out something with either Gareth Bale or Christian Teo. Uh, and, and obviously, again, the under-22 restrictions. There was just so much stuff that made it really difficult. But, Philly, I- I'm just going to talk about the front line here for a minute. With Chicho, Gareth Bale, and Christian Teo all departing, as well as, by the way, guys like Cal Jennings and Danny Trejo, those those glue guys that may play a little bit more in an Open Cup or a Leagues Cup or a Campeones Cup or you know any of these other ridiculous uh, competitions. I happen to love the Open Cup. I just don't love the other ones. Uh, we lost a lot of depth on the front line and really didn't re-sign much. No, and we lost a lot in the midfield as well. I mean, we lost Latif Blessing, although oh. we did pick up about 400. That What's that? I just said, oh, I missed yeah. that guy. Got picked up about 400,000 there, uh, which is you know pr- pretty darn good. We lost Seba Mendez due to an unbelievable performance that he had in the World Cup playing with Ecuador. Out of all the LAFC players, he's the only one that really got a lot of burn on that Ecuadorian team. If you recall, yeah. Chiqui Palacios and Jose C. Fuentes also went over to Qatar, and they didn't get the playing time that Mendez did. Mendez is now in Sao Paulo FC. So now we have somewhat of a thinner midfield as well and to top it all off our back line are one of our key contributors during the final stretch of the season Sebastian Ibiaga free agent off to FC Dallas off to FC Dallas to go play with the uh the fighting ribeye steaks and (laughs) and that's and that's those are those are your key departures man I mean that's that's a lot of players that's a lot of quality talent that's a lot of people that contributed in some way, shape, or form to our title run. And with all these different tournaments that are going to be going on, and Steve Cherundolo addressed this, we don't have the depth that we did before. We have it, but it comes in the form of inexperience. Last season, we had the talent with experience. So this is a completely different-looking team. And, of course, we're going to talk about our key additions momentarily, but certainly a different-looking team. But what is it, 9 out of 11 of the regular starters? are back. So that still bodes very well for our future. Yeah, look, uh, exactly right. Let, let's also not forget about Franco Escobar, who who departed as well. It gives us a little yeah. bit of depth on the wing, uh, on the wing spots there that we no longer have on the back line. But you're absolutely right. Look, we, we did sign some players. It's not as if we just lost all these guys and now we're, we're stuck with whoever was left in the cupboard. The cupboard is not bare at all. And, and I'll say one other thing before we get into all of our roster additions. Nobody is going to feel bad for us over at LAFC. Nobody is going to feel bad. Oh, boo-hoo, you guys don't have a Gareth Bale and a Christian Teo to come off the bench. Oh, boo-hoo, life must be really hard for you guys not having one of the breakout World Cup midfielder stars in Seba Mendes anymore. No one is going to feel bad, especially because we are coming off, oh, wait, a ML, an MLS Cup victory and a Supporters' Shield double. Uh, one of the, the last teams to do that in Major League Soccer. There haven't, was it nine times that it's been done in the history of our league? So that, that being said, we get it, right? No one's going to feel bad for us. However, it is nice when we can start restocking the cupboard there. And we did that slowly but surely in the offseason. I know Philly, 
I think between you and I, we have a favorite of the players that we added. I don't love that he's taken number seven to start the season because that's Latif Blessing's number. But I think you and I are both very high on Stipe Buke. Absolutely. I mean, he's one of the top 40 young players to come out of Europe. He was up for the Young Player of the Year award uh, earlier earlier in the season. And if you look at all the MLS ratings, when you talk about all the biggest newcomers in the league, the players to watch, Stipe Buke is certainly on that list. Here's a young man who, while didn't have a lot of caps under his belt, still played for one of the biggest clubs in Croatia and that of Hajduk Split, a very legendary club. And you know, you have to go out there and watch some of these some of these supporter videos and ultras videos from supporter bases out in that part of the world. The Eastern Eastern European countries have some fervent supporters and a lot of interesting yeah. TIFO designs and all kinds of other stuff. And High Duke Split certainly is one of those. So we'll see how he factors into the lineup. Steve was saying that you know Stipe and, and and Timothy and a couple of these new guys they're they're slowly but surely starting to learn the system. And eventually they'll obviously progress and move forward with that, but still have some veterans that are in there that are probably going to take up much of the playing time until those guys get more feet, uh, get their feet under them. Yeah. Timothy Tillman, uh, as some pundits were calling him the other Tillman uh, with Malik Tillman <laughs> being on the U S men's national team radar and playing quite well. I, I think that we have stumbled upon more gold in Timothy Tillman. He looks pretty good in the, the short stint that he got in our final preseason match. Um, I, I think I, I really like what we see from Timothy Tillman. We're going to need to see a lot from him uh, this season because we cannot just keep rolling out the triumvirate of Kellen Acosta, Jose Cifuentes, and Ilya Sanchez. Uh, we also re-signed uh, Danny Chrysostomo, who only played in a couple of matches, I think two, all of last year. I think we know what the ceiling is on a guy like Danny Chrysostomo, so we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll wait and and see how often we have to use Chrysostomo. Uh, and then on the back line, I think uh, I really like the addition of Sergei Palencia because he gives us uh, some depth on the wings. I, I'm not completely in love with Daniel Maldonado yet, but I think the biggest name that we signed in the offseason in terms of his ability to hold down the fort on the back line, because we don't know what's going on with Eddie Segura. We don't know how often Giorgio Chiellini is going to be available. And we don't know how quickly Jesus David Maria is going to obtain yellow cards, at, maybe at the rate that he did the past couple of seasons, don't know. But Southern California native and U.S. men's national team uh, pool player, at the very least, Aaron Long, a big addition on the back line for us. So we, we are filling the cupboard at least a little bit, Philly. We are. And you mentioned Eddie Segura. If you go to LAFC.com right now and check out their updated roster, he's there. His number is taken. His position is he's a senior. He's got the, he's international. He's on the, he's on the roster. So I don't know if that's a <laughs> we mishap. We haven't I, I, heard anything. <laughs> yeah, we haven't heard anything, but we know that LAFC likes to keep mum about some stuff. I mean, when we brought in yeah. Chris Gianteo, it was very hush-hush that he was a designated player. You know, you had to do some underground reporting and really go to some of the awesome resources that we have, such as Alicia Rodriguez, to confirm that. They've been very quiet about that. But I would say out of all the players that we have, Aaron Long is probably the the best new acquisition because he is going to hit the ground running. Whereas Stipe, I believe, is going to still have to fight for his position. I think Aaron Long is going to start just as long as Chiel Giorgio Chiellini just comes off the morning and having that first shot of espresso and going, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sit the first few minutes out. I firmly believe that it's going to be up to him 
as to whether or not he's going to want to start or whatnot. I think that's the case, but eventually it's going to be Aaron Long's position. But you look at the players that we have defensively, we certainly look a lot deeper as far as our defenders are concerned. What we're really thin at is up top, and we're trying to figure out what that number nine situation is. But if you would go out there and check out our buddy Vince LaRosa, he's no longer with 110. Sadly, neither are we, but Vince has been making these amazing videos and he had a really good one about Carlos Vela actually being that number nine option and how he has the ability to continue to score goals even at his age right now. But what makes him even more dangerous is the fact that he's just as tremendous as a facilitator as he is a goal scorer. Yeah, that's something that uh, Steve Trundolo, Coach Steve Trundolo, talked about at the press conference today as well, uh, kind of addressed that number nine position and said, look, it's a position where when you get the opportunities, you have to put away the chances that you get. Carlos got a chance last match and put the chance away. So it, it, he kind of is looking to Carlos also, right, as that number nine with, uh, look, uh, I think it's Mahala. Like, I think you had mentioned this already. It's Mahala's roster spot to lose right now or starting spot to lose right now. Yep. Uh, but Stipe is coming. Uh, but I think on the other side, it'll be Denny Bawanga, who uh, may be the golden boot winner or MVP winner either way. Uh, uh, there's a lot to talk. He certainly about. Certainly, is the ish scarf. <laughs> oh, he, yeah. There's certainly that. Uh, there's certainly a lot to talk about, though. 13 miles down the road, it has not just been a tumultuous off season for their supporters and and everything that's going on there. That is an absolute hot mess. We'll let you guys dive into the supporters' struggle there in Victoria's Secret down at uh, Dignity Health Sports <laughs> Park. Uh, but the roster turnover is has been pretty big and pretty significant for them, especially, I'll say this, especially in terms of how their guys, who they have now lost, have played against LAFC. And I think none bigger, and this might be, he might be the biggest export out of MLS this season, assuming he might actually play with the big club, would be Julian Araujo going to Barcelona. Yeah, the deal finally went through. They were, what, 18 seconds or so past the deadline, and there were appeals. <laughs> right. We didn't think it would happen. I mean, what a poop show that was. But finally, everything got pushed over, and Julian is now playing in the Catalonian city of Barcelona. And he's, what a dream come true. Uh, we actually know, I, I believe Christina is what? His aunt, if I'm not mistaken, our, our good friend Christina. Yeah, they're, they're sure cousins that the in the way that, you know, Our cousins some, or some something like that, third, three times yeah. removed. But it, but either way, a really cool story for him going out there and getting to live his dream. I mean, a couple other key departures that we need to bring up is well, I don't want to really call him key. I mean, everybody was pretty happy that he's gone. It'd be Kevin Cabral, <laughs> a player that the Galaxy spent an awful lot of money to pull. And he did absolutely nothing. He he shot up horse turds his entire career as a member of the uh, of that team. And now he's off to Colorado. And the funny thing is the Galaxy are still going to have to pay for half of his salary for the next couple yeah. of years. But I would say the biggest departure and the guy who really was an LAFC killer that is gone, thank thank you. Thank thank you. Yeah, thankfully. Samuel Grancier, a guy who managed to find the back of the net multiple times against us and certainly was a thorn in our side in the in the Western Conference semifinals last year. Yeah, look, uh, going back to Julian Araujo, he played 12 times against LAFC in his career. That is that is a ton, 12 times against LAFC. He actually, that's three more times, Philly, than he's played against any other team in his entire career. He was on the pitch for six victories against us. Uh, you mentioned Kevin Cabral. He may have been dog meat for the most of his 
uh, stint with Carson. He did score two goals against us, but you're absolutely right. Seven matches against LAFC. Samuel Grancier, three goals and four assists. He was just a problem for us on the front line. He also had never, never uh, faced a team as many times as he had faced LAFC. I think another big loss for them, and and he was a real hard-nosed kind of physical defender, was Derek Williams, who was sold off to the D.C. United uh, we're not going to see Derek Williams out there. Played six matches against us. Nick DePew, Carlos Harvey, Cameron Dunbar. You know, a decent roster turnover. These are guys that that we've at least heard of because they've played against us uh, quite a bit. And, and I have to be honest, the the additions for Carson this offseason, it, it was much ado about nothing, in my opinion. I think the biggest addition might be center back Chris Mavinga. He was a a well-traveled defender center back before landing in Toronto. He played the last six seasons with them, and he won. He was on the team that won the treble. Now that's kind of a treble with an asterisk, or at least with a conversion rate in it, because one of those championships is the Canadian Championship. So you have to beat like uh, York Peppermint Patty FC and like two <laughs> other teams, I think, to to win the whole thing. But uh, look, it is a triple or Move a treble. Of maple. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Memo Rodriguez. Memo Rodriguez has played against us a ton, Philly, 10 times while he was with the Houston Dynamo. He scored three goals against us. It gives him a little bit of an offensive threat there in the midfield. And their newest signing, Tyler Boyd, uh, a midfielder who – it's kind of crazy, Philly. Tyler Boyd has played for the U.S. men's national team 10 times, but they all came within a five-month span in 2019, and he's never been heard from again. Uh this is a player who may be a little disappointing in his career over at Turkey and Portugal, but Philly, Tyler Boyd, Memo Rodriguez, Chris Mavinga uh, doesn't do it for me. No, Eric Zavaleta, and they actually, they're, Tom Boger reported earlier today that they're looking to bring in a 20-year-old to fill in that U22 initiative of Lucas Caligari from Fluminense. Fluminense. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. And if I'm, if I'm butchering it, I am so sorry. Um, apparently I pronounced, I, I've annoyed the people of uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, from what I've been told. I, I believe I called it Waukesha, Wisconsin last time around. So I've been having a problem enunciating things, but I, he will not feature in the game against LAFC. It's just too soon. So no, none of these signings do anything, but it's not about the new signings with them. It's about the players that are there. And I mean, let's also highlight the fact that this is a team that, you know, got sanctioned by MLS for problems stemming back to 2019, improper payments to Christian Pavone that weren't accounted for, which they brought him in as a TAM, and obviously he got paid designated player money. So interestingly enough, again, we talk about how MLS is not doing the Galaxy any favors. They had half of the financial uh, uh, repercussions that Miami did. I mean, we're talking about a million dollars in fines. We're talking about a million dollars in general allocation money lost. And uh, I got, and as per the athletic, they're prohibited from registering a player. I'm going to read this who requires the receipt of an international transfer certificate from outside of the U S and Canada during the secondary transfer window in 2023. So they're pretty much barred from signing any player outside of MLS during the summer, which is obviously going to be important for them to do something to have done something within the winter window bar. But you know, they put themselves in a fine mess in multiple ways. So we talk about, you know, the Carson being clowns. It, it certainly starts with what's going on with Chris Klein in that front office. So that's I couldn't go forward without mentioning the sanctions that they got smacked with. 
Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. They they kind of are playing with their hands tied a little bit now. But, you know, plenty of the usual suspects, Philly. We'll, we'll probably see Jonathan Bond in goal. We'll probably see Chicharito and Dayon Jovalich up top. We'll well, see hold Ricky on. Pooch. Will we, though, Scarf? Because, like, didn't you see the Kevin Baxter tweet the other day where he mentioned that Chicharito was gingerly walking off of the pitch with his trainer? And then Greg Vanny mentioned, I don't know anything about any injuries to Chicharito. I don't know. There's something kind of off and weird about that Kevin Baxter tweet. Considering the fact that he is such a galaxy homer, that kind of conflicts with, with things. So I don't know if we're going to see him. There's there's questions surrounding that. I, I hear you. I think, look, uh, Galaxy may take a long-term approach to the season and may choose to bring Chicharito along slowly. They may also think that their team might be better one year later with Chicharito off of the pitch rather than on it. We know how good Dayan Jovalich can be. We know it's how good ball. Ricky Pooch can be. Uh, I, I think we know how bad Raheem Edwards can be. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a lot of the usual suspects, have, look, I want to see Chicharito out there. I want to see Carson at their best versus LAFC Agreed. at their best. You know, it, it's it makes it more fun. That being said, if we go up two or three or four nothing and they decide it's not worth it for Chicharito and they pull him off the pitch, so be it. But uh, look, here's the one thing that I think anybody and everybody, Philly, who has watched any of the more than a dozen now times that these two teams have played each other, no match has ever disappointed in terms of action or drama. No match. Go back and look at every single one of our matches. It there, there was at least something exciting, something going on there. Uh, I know there was the, the one match where we got absolutely whooped in Carson, and it felt rough, and they took it to us from minute one. But the way we responded, the other two matches during the course of that season, it's fantastic, right? And so I think no matter what you get, Philly, from these two teams, whoever takes the pitch as the starting 11, whoever finishes as the final 11, whoever it might be, whether it's Giorgio Chiellini or Chicharito or obviously Carlos Vela, uh, any of the big stars, it's going to be an incredible rivalry matchup. Yeah, you're going to get your money's worth. You absolutely are, whether you're going to the game or whether you're watching it on television. I mean, this is going to be jam-packed. I mean, the last time we squared off against them was the Western Conference semifinals, and that was a match to remember. It was, it was back and forth, and quite honestly, we got lucky winning that match. We score first with Denny Buanga. They come back with Grancier. We score again with Denny Buanga. They come back with Jovalich. And then in injury time, Chicho Arango just happens to catch a nice ball and slams it past Bond. You, we broke Bond. And so that was an epic match. I mean, there's no game that was really, you said it, they kind of kicked our butts in the U.S. Open Cup, but <laughs> but they did come crashing out to Sacramento Republic, which made you know our loss seem, yeah. It kind of paled in comparison to the fact that they lost to a USL side. But you're right. No, uh, no, no game disappoints. And for those of you that are on the fence, by the way, about the game because of the weather, think about it this way. You can honestly be part of a historic matchup. We're going to break that attendance record. Yep. Wouldn't you want to be there? Sure, the traffic sucks. Sure, parking is going to suck. Sure, the weather's going to suck. But are you telling me that if you were happy, if you happen to be in London and you copped a ticket to go see Arsenal played Chelsea. You wouldn't go because of the weather. No, you absolutely would go because of the weather. Support <laughs> your local team, be it the enemy down the 110 or obviously it'd be us. None of this like I'm on the fence because of, because of the weather stuff. This is an epic, historic matchup. Go there. Enjoy yourself. Have some fun. 
because this is probably going to be a thing in which we're going to have time after time again, where the two of us open the season in a very big arena. And, you know, we might know something about next season. We might not, but this is going to be an epic game, arguably MLS's biggest game. And obviously all eyes are going to be centered on Los Angeles and the entire world and all MLS is going to see that LA truly is black and gold. So be a part of that with us, Defenders, please. Look, absolutely. It's, it's the debut for Apple TV's MLS coverage as well, for the most part. So that's going to be kind of fun, too. Uh, make sure you guys, uh, if you're a season ticket holder and you are listening to this, you get Apple TV for free, or at least the MLS season pass portion of Apple TV for free. So make sure you uh, you redeem that. I- I've actually got a your T-Mobile subscriber scarf. Yeah, T-Mobile, which I am not. Uh, I've mentioned plenty of times how Verizon works in Culver City. Not well. Uh, but that being the case, <laughs> I, I've got to – I'm going to give a, one more hot take uh, right here, and, and and it's kind of a backhanded compliment for Carson Galaxy. Ooh. I think the Carson Galaxy heading into this match are deeper than we are. Across their 18, I think they're deeper than we are. However, I want to – I want to backtrack from that statement a little bit. I think that their depth comes from the fact that they have a bunch of interchangeable parts who are eh, all pretty okay at what they do. With the exception of the front line, I really do believe that Chicharito, Dejan Jovalic, and Douglas Costa, if they are healthy, that's a (laughs) solid front line. That is a solid front line. But saying if Chicharito and Douglas Costa are healthy – is the is the major caveat there. I think in the midfield, Ricky Pooch, I think you and I both feel Philly, Ricky Pooch can be special in this league. That kid is awesome. Unreal. He is he is super fun to watch. Uh but after Ricky Pooch, Tyler Boyd, Memo Rodriguez, Efrain Alvarez who's been a real disappointment, Gaston Brugman who I thought brought a lot to that team, uh Marky Delgado, uh, there Kassaros, I feel like Kassaros I just is a good defender. Yeah, well, I'm just talking about the midfield right now. Those midfielders, they're all the same guy. Maybe Brugman's a little better, but like, okay, we're going to start Memo today. Oh, what's that? He's definitely a little better. I mean, I'd say after Pooch, the second best in terms of that midfield. Certainly a lot lot scarier than Marky Delgado. Yeah, but if they said they're going to start Memo Rodriguez or Efrain Alvarez or Marky Delgado or Tyler Boyd, like eh, they're all the same player. On, on the back line, look, I, I think Kelvin Leardam is really good. I think he provides you with some some championship quality experience with all his time with Seattle. Uh, I think Chris Mavinga is really good. I think Jalen Neal is a fun defender kind of on the rise at center back. I think he's going to be a guy who we hear of in the national team and might be a guy that Carson sells on. And 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 then they have Raheem Edwards and Chase Gasper and Sega Kulabali and Martin Caceres. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're they're deep in that they got a bunch of guys that do the same thing. Uh, whereas I think with LAFC, and and correct me if, if you disagree, Philly, I think that our starting 11 is pretty clear almost all the way across the board, and it's those depth pieces that we're still looking to find a, a reliable option at. I would agree, and it just goes back to like what we were talking about earlier. There is depth, but it's just inexperienced depth. Yeah. So at that point, you can't even really call it depth. It harkens back to a couple of years ago when we had the the Danny Chrysostomos and the Cal Jennings of the world subbing into the game. Last season, we could kill you with our bench. This season, we need our starters to stay healthy um, because that's truly where 
the bulk of our our output is going to come from. And I think even John Thorrington said on the uh, on on the presser today that they're not expecting any major transfers. But I don't really buy yeah. that. Uh, Thorrington likes to play chess as opposed to checkers, like some of the other. GMs within this league. So I, I don't buy that that's the case. I know he's constantly looking to wheel and deal, and I feel like he's already strategized himself between now and 2025. That's just the way this man operates. But yeah, the only players that are on the Galaxy lineup that absolutely you know sh- scare me are obviously Chicharito. Chicharito is who he is. Uh, like like the, um, oh my God, why am I forgetting his name? Like the Toby Keith song, he may not be as good as he once was, but he could be good as what well, he could be good once as he ever was. And we're a team that he would absolutely turn that up in. I mean, he's got his friend Carlos Vela, which if you were to watch the MLS content stuff on the profiles, he went out there and said, hey, congratulations on your one, but your time is over. My time's going to begin. So you know those two are going to be going at it with each other. Jovalich, that's a hungry kid who knows how to find the back of the net, knows how to be an absolute LAFC killer. Gaston Brugman, fine. Ricky Pooch, scary. But, I mean, I'm not so much worried about anybody else there. Alvarez has still plenty of time to grow. He's a child at the end of the day. Raheem Edwards sucks. I'm sorry. I've just never been a fan (laughs) of his. Uh, He's he's a spicy dude who gets very emotional, but I don't think there's ever been a player that has left LAFC that I've, I've grown to despise more than that snake in the grass, Raheem Edwards, but he's good for this rivalry. You need that player to hate. And he certainly is that, but back in the, I mean, all the way in the back, though, for the Galaxy, the only person that is of any quality is Bond. I think he's a quality keeper that if he had some good pieces helping him up, helping him in front of him, he would be a much better keeper than he is right now. I think he's a fine goalkeeper who, if on another team, he probably would have been a heck of a lot more successful. Just my opinion. Yeah, yeah I think the center back pairing of Jalen Neal and Chris Mavinga could be something to watch going through this season. I think Mavinga is that veteran presence who provides the leadership back there. And Jalen Neal is a kid on the rise. I mean, he was just called into the most recent U.S. men's national team camp. He's a player who is on the watch for 2026. And, yep, we're already looking at 2026 right now. Uh, I think that, that, that they could be a fun center back pairing. And I agree, Bond is quality back there. Uh, Philly, We've talked about this a bunch, but let's go through it real quick for everybody out there. The expected starting lineup, in your opinion, for our black and gold. Uh, so, I mean, so John, uh, Steve said John McCarthy starting. So we know that for a fact. As yep. far as who's going to be starting uh, the rest of the way, if we're going to go starting through the back line, I mean, I think it's going to be cheeky. I, I think it's going to be Aaron Long. I think it's going to be Murray, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be Hollingshead. That's unless the only X factor in there, Chiellini, should he decide to start the game. But other than that, I'm pretty solid on those three. As far as the midfield is concerned, to me, that's a no-brainer. It's our best midfield. It's the the one that's brought us success. Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, Jose Cifuentes. Up top, Denny Buanga, who has scored in every single one of our preseason matches. He's going to be gangbusters this year. Opoku will be starting in the middle of those two guys, uh, in the middle. And then we're going to have Carlos Vela on the other side. That's my starting lineup. And I'm yeah, sticking with I, it. I think the only thing I might switch is is where Opoku and Vela are going to be in terms of on the pitch. I think we might see Carlos a little bit more in the middle at times. We might see Mahala, but they can kind of play them interchangeably. Uh, Bawanga looked great in the last two preseason matches. Bawanga looked absolutely fantastic. I think that Three he, goals. Is, he is my pick for the best player in black and gold this season. And I think that might be 
that's not not a very long limb that I'm going out on there. I think that he is going to have 20 goals this season. I think that he is going to be in the conversation for not just the golden boot, but for most valuable player in the league. I think he is going to be that good. And I think he's going to allow Carlos Vela to do things where Carlos Vela might all of a sudden mess around and wind up with 15 goals and 15 assists on the season. And you're looking at a player who is widely regarded as maybe the best playmaker in the game still in Major League Soccer rather than maybe the best goal scorer like he was in 2019. Uh, that being said, I think Sergi Palencia could be fun to see off the bench. I think Timothy Tillman could be fun to see off the bench. And Absolutely. I actually, I, I, I've, I've agreed with you now in my head, so I might as well say it out loud. <laughs> I think it might be Aaron Long getting the starts as much as I want my boy to get the starts. And I think it might be a la a Mariano Rivera or a Dodgers Eric Gagne coming out to welcome to the jungle. It'll be Giorgio Chiellini coming in to close out the matches. Uh, I'll say it again. He is the best center back I have ever seen with my own two eyes in person, even at the age of 37 uh, going on 45 looking uh, for Giorgio Chiellini. I love that man more than anything. And I, I think he's going to be finishing out these matches and and I think you and I, Philly, we're going to be on Stipe Buke watch for the first maybe eight, ten games, and and we'll see, we'll see what happens there. The the other thing I am interested in seeing because it won't be Maxime Cropo for quite a while is who backs up Mac Daddy, right? Is it going to be Eldon Yakupovich? Is it going to be Abraham Romero? Eldon, uh, it should be right. It should be. Um, Eldon projected the- Eldon as the starter. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't played much in the last five, six, seven years. But uh, I, I think it's it'll be fun to see if Romero gets a little bit of burn or if Eldon Yakupovich gets a little bit of burn. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But I think you and I are in full agreement on the starting lineup. Philly, it's going to be cold, dude. I'm, I'm, I know you just had your whole spiel on you got to be there, you got to show up. But I, I'm, I'm going to be like ogres and parfaits and onions and bring layers, my friend. Like layers. Won't. We have press passes, bro. We're going to be nice and warm and toasty in the press box. Layers. I'm going to be in layers. Just well, you're not going to be wearing shorts, I assume. I am not going to be. I'm wearing shorts right now, but I'm not going to be wearing shorts then. No. Good man. <laughs> Look, we wanted to keep this uh, relatively short. I think we did okay. We overshot our mark by about 12 minutes, but, you know, that's us. That's what we do sometimes. Uh, Philly. Any any final thoughts? Maybe a score prediction? Something going on uh, in your head regarding this Rose Bowl matchup? Three one LAFC. Three one LAFC. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go a much more nerve wracking two one LAFC on this one. I think we start off with three points. I think we kick off Apple TV's MLS coverage with another absolute classic. Uh, I'm going to say, why the hell not? Giorgio Chiellini with a header in somewhere like the 85th minute uh, to put us up on the back post off That's of a, a Kellen Acosta. That's a dream for you, bro. <laughs> oh, for sure. Off of either a Kellen Acosta or a Carlos Vela corner kick, uh, much like what we may have seen with, uh, with Chicho Arango to knock them out of the playoffs, except this time it'll be Giorgio. And, and oh, my God, when Giorgio Chiellini scores that first goal, I, I – I'm going to be very upset if we're in the press box as he scores it because I will have to uh, mind my manners and then show proper decorum. And then as I'm in the elevator, do some sort of dance where I'm, I'm hugging everybody in the elevator. <laughs> well, remember, we're going to enemy territory because this is technically a Galaxy home game. So 
You know, you don't want to hug somebody that might swing at you. Although I would pay you to hug Kevin Baxter. <laughs> I will. You know what? In, in that case, Philly, as you I'm come gonna, in from gonna, the soaking wet rain, that is, I should. I, throw I'm that gonna. Uh, Philly, I'm going to do everything I can to hug Kevin Baxter tomorrow. How's that? Ugh. There you go. You started it. You asked me to. You, yeah, well, it. I was just saying it tongue-in-cheek. You actually, I know you would do that. I, I will. Absolutely. Uh, with that being said, uh, we've given our score predictions. We're going to put this up on YouTube so that Thursday, Friday, and maybe even Saturday, while you're on your way to the match, you guys can watch this, check this out, comment, uh, down below, uh, by the way, hit that like and subscribe button for us too. If you don't mind, uh, on the YouTubes, we would really appreciate that. And again, if you are listening on iTunes or Spotify or Google podcast or whatever, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is episode 232 previewing the Rose bowl matchup to open season six, six seasons already Philly. Oh my goodness. Uh, and look, we're going to win. We're, we're going to run it back. We're going to take home the cup. We're going to win the shield again. And it all starts in likely sub 50 degree weather in Pasadena on the road. Yeah. Philly? Y'all love premier league. You're going to get premier league weather. It'll be fantastic. And we're going to win three to one. This is, this isn't even going to be a close game. I can't wait to see how many galaxy supporters are going to make the run. I don't believe that this little boycott of theirs is going to have anything. There's going to be plenty of fans there. Who knows? They might start it afterwards. But I'm looking forward to hanging out with all of y'all, seeing everybody in the parking lot. I don't know what the tailgating story is, but I can't believe it. February 25th, the season is upon us. We don't have to wait another month. It starts. And then we all get to hang out on Christmas tree lane again in a couple of short days, March the 4th, as we welcome the pesky pine trees. But until then, we roll through the galaxy. We take... Cosmo's head back on a swivel. <laughs> and with that, you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.